Good morning and welcome to the Volley Nerd Podcast. We are back with part three of our installment of Evoking Joy in Volleyball with Lauren Anderson from Rise Volleyball Academy. When we look at how we respond to the mistakes, to the negative stuff that the kids do, the, to the loss, to the poor play, to the bad interaction with their teammate, to their bad interaction with me, um, how I respond to that defines me as a human being. And those kids are watching. And so, and I think that's where we have the most power as coaches. I really, really do. Like beyond anything we talk about volleyball with them, it's when that girl, when the, my outside hitter goes up and takes a huge swing at the ball and buries into the bottom of the net, what's my response? That response is going to reverberate through her life much longer than anything I could ever say to her. Like my mm -hmm. physical response, what do I look like? What do I, what does my face look like? What does my disposition look like when she looks at me? If she looks at me and does she feel the need to look at me? That's probably a different story, but you know, like that, I really feel like that's, that's where we're missing the boat because we, you know, kid buries the ball into the bottom of the net and we're right there to tell him what they did wrong. And the very next play, they take the exact same set and they swing at it and they hit it in and they get a kill and we're there to praise them for it. What was different? It was simply the kid, something the kid right. did that we don't even know. <laughs> and, and yet we, 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 we put it on ourselves as if I'm a good coach. You know, I, I told her to make sure she keeps her elbow up or uh, opens up to the set or whatever do you, I mean, all of us who have worked with teenage kids for years can, I think, can very adamantly state the fact that no kid has ever learned something from yep. one rep to Good the next. Point. Not once. Yep. Like, oh, you did this, and, change uh, this, and yeah. now do it on the next one. Okay. <laughs> we only wish. It. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, it just doesn't happen. So when it actually shows itself, it didn't have anything to do with the feedback. It just had to do with circumstance. And, you know, like I love those moments or I used to love those moments where a kid like served it in the net and I'd be like, hey, uh, do this. And then the next serve was like perfect ace. And I'm like, Phew, yeah, that's on me, you know. And then I'm like, no, that's silly. <laughs> like I can influence that. If we could influence that, can you imagine the uh, level of ability a player could get to? If every right. single time you said something to a player, they got better. Yes. Like they would, every kid in my gym would be yes, they're just, better yeah, than MVP Jordan of the national team because, <laughs> yeah, because every exactly. time I said something, they got better, you know, but, but I think what most coaches think is, well, they don't listen to me all the time. You know, it's that saying, if you, if at first you don't succeed, try listening to your coach next time. Like that's what we come back to. And, and that, and that's the mentality that I think a lot of coaches have is that, well, if they listen to me, they're going to get better. So like if a kid listened to me, every time I give them feedback, their, their potential is, is unlimited. Whereas what I'm trying to say is 
I need to stop giving so much feedback and let them explore and let them figure things out on their own. And that's when their potential is going to be unlimited because there's going to come a day where I'm not around anymore. And if they're only, if their potential is only tied to me. And I think if we're, if we try to always be there for our kid, whether it be as an athlete or as a parent, we're limiting their potential. The whole point of parenting, I believe, even though I don't have kids, so take that as you will, the whole point of parenting and the whole point of coaching is to get these kids to the point where they can yeah. be amazing without yeah. us. And if and the only way to teach them how to be amazing without us is to step back and let them do more things on their own. You know, like that saying, uh, you, you can't teach kids to be great decision makers by being, yeah. by making their great decisions point. for them. And, and you can't teach a kid where to serve by telling them where to serve. You, you can't teach a kid how to deal with a tight set by telling them mm -hmm. what to do with a tight set. You, you let them figure it out and explore and you can't teach a team how to beat a team that has a, an amazingly dominant outside hitter who always gets a kill when they hit sharp cross. You don't teach a team how to beat that team by telling them to change their defense and put somebody there. You let them figure it out. And if they don't figure it out before the other team reaches 25 and you lose, mm -hmm. it's okay. Like it's, it's okay. That's part of the learning process. That's actually conducive to the learning process, not a negative. Like we need stress in our lives to learn. We need frustration. We need those moments of failure to learn. Um, you know, I, that's a, something I've been really strong with trying to promote with the kids in my gym this year is that if you don't have stress, you don't change. You know, if you go to a tournament and you win every match, the chances of you feeling like you need to do anything yeah. different are pretty slim. If you go to a tournament and you lose every match, you realize we got a lot to change and maybe that a lot becomes so overwhelming that you can't right. figure out which one to start with. But if you go to a tournament and you win 50-50, you can probably narrow it down to say, all right, here's where our strengths, let's keep working on those. Those were awesome. And if we get those strengths to be even better, we're going to be winning more. But then let's add in a couple of these things that that other team really showed us we we suffer at so let's work on those okay we worked on those now we're off to the tournament and, and the next tournament and maybe we're doing better but maybe not you know i i feel like that's something that's missed out on a lot of times in youth sports is mm -hmm. that you need stress in order to change i mean that's true of that's why we lift weights is because we want our body to change the way you change your body is by putting under loads of stress it's what mental performance training is all about is putting our body under uh, a, a controlled amount of stress and then learning how to deal with it. And it's yeah. the same with changing in the gym. Like you have, have to be able to be stressed first to be able to change. You know, when a kid comes into my office and says, I'm really frustrated with the way yes. I'm hitting lately. I'm like, sweet. This is, this right. is perfect. This is where I want you. Like this is everything we've done for the last four years has gotten you to this point. 
where now you're the one driving the change because you're frustrated. That's a great point. It's almost like by removing ourselves from the equation, we allow the athlete to develop their love of the game. You know, and I think a lot of us uh, older generation, we were the the sort of you just go down to the beach, play a bunch of games, learn the hard way type. Right. And and there's that was good. Like that was a good way to learn. You know, I I played down at Huntington a bunch and there, you know, if you lost, you'd have to probably come back the next day (laughs) because you could not get back on because the list was so long. And that that helped you learn quick, you know, yeah. and I think you're right. Instilling yep. that uh, inquisitiveness and that self um, self evaluation is is just such an important step for them loving the game. And and all too often the coaches want to figure it out for them and they think they're speeding it up when they're actually probably slowing it down. Yeah, I mean, their kids are when it comes in my opinion, but I think that what's happening on the volleyball court in a lot of situations, is the same thing that's happening in a classroom. In a lot of situations, kids are just getting really good at regurgitating facts. They're not really getting good at learning. And so, you know, a coach says, all right, serve to area one, uh, because, and because the coach knows that passer's not as great or their serve receive formation leaves area one wide open or see if they're the type of, program that focuses more on seams than on areas serve seam one and the kid can serve seam one then the team scores points but the kid might not have any clue as to why they were serving that spot they gave the knowledge of the why over to the coach and they let the coach hold on to that and 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 instead of talking to the kids about let's talk about why this works and why we do these things we do and and that to me is what really creates a love of the game is when a kid can embrace and and understand all of that you know like why you know i mean simon sinek his whole book is based on that idea of finding your why and i think that's really important to our kids when they're out on the volleyball court like find your why why do you work why do you come here to practice every day? Why do you, why do you play volleyball? Why do you show up? Why do you, why do you give up four to six to eight hours of your week or more when you take in travel time to, to come and play this game? Why? And I mean, I've sat down multiple kids over 10 years and asked them that question. Why are you here? And the answers are so varied. Such and yet point. we train them all yeah. the same why are we training them all the same if their answer if their whys are different you know why not let them explore their why if a kid is like you know what i'm here because i like being around kids my age and i like being in sports and uh, and i just have fun great and if a kid is i i'm here because i want to be the best volleyball player i could be and i want to play division one level and um, i just love to compete and push myself to my limits cool you know what? Those two people can play on the same court next to each other. And I think a lot of coaches don't think that's true. And, you know, if you've ever gone and played, it's funny. And I think we touched on this a little bit in our pre-talk was 
all of that changes yep. since you're done playing yep. for school. Totally. You know, you hit you hit you hit the adult scene, and you know you're no longer playing against only people who are the same age as you. You're 26 years old, and you're playing in a volleyball tournament, and there's some 65 year old people playing in the same tournament, and everybody in that tournament has a different reason why they're there, and you're all having fun because you're playing the game you love, and. At the same time, there's a bunch of people who are also 25 years old who also played in college who are no longer playing the sport because they, the sport was simply a means to an end for them. It was never actually anything that they loved. It was what the sport got them that they loved, whether it was the, the praise from their parents, the praise from their coaches, or the money to go to college, or the name in the paper, they they got something by playing the sport instead of simply enjoying playing the sport. And that to me is really what we're trying to cultivate in our gym is understanding playing volleyball doesn't need to be a means to an end. It's an yeah. end in itself. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's the dance, you know, like, what is that? I think it's, uh, I know they touched on it in that new movie, Disney movie soul, but, um, Alan Watts, who's one of my favorite philosophers of all time talks about the idea that life is not life referring to life as a journey is a mistake because all journeys have ends instead referring to life as a dance because you don't dance or it's both a dance and, uh, playing music is the same thing you don't dance and you don't play a song with the end in mind. If you did, people would just go through it as fast as they could to get to the end. You know, like if you pick your favorite song, whatever it might be, you know, I'm a huge tool nerd. Um, I love tool. They're like my favorite band ever. But if you, if you took one of their songs and said, the most important thing is to get to the end, then you would fast forward the song and miss Great the point. beauty of the song. And I find that that's what a lot of kids are focused on is the end result of being a volleyball player. Where is this going to get me? Instead of just recognizing that it's the dance, it's the game, you know, it's playing. It's, there's no finite end to this. And that's, you know, a book that I highly recommend to every coach to read is finite finite infinite games um which is you know shows the distinction in in culture and in sports between these games that we've decided to have finite ends and then the ones that have never ends the ones that are infinite and life itself is kind of an infinite game but we can actually manipulate our perspective of some of the finite games we play like a sport and recognize that they're placed within an infinite game and that's something i've really been working towards with the kids that are in my gym is to help them understand that volleyball is just a playing volleyball is something that should bring you joy no matter who you're playing against what the score is what the venue is and how old you are like play play for the joy of playing and 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 that's going to bring you way more like just happiness through your life than this mindset of I must 
everyone's competition and I must always compete and I must always win and I must always strive to be my best. These are unrealistic things that we're, that we're pushing on these kids. Like always give 110%. <laughs> yeah. That's what? a good point. <laughs> Have you have you ever met no. anybody that yeah. can do that yeah. every single time? No, no one exists who can do that. I mean, let alone the idea that someone <laughs> can actually give one hundred and ten percent. That's messed up logic. But but even if you said always give one hundred percent, you can't. Like especially kids. Like these sixteen year old girls or fifteen year old girls or eighteen year old boys that come into your gym to play volleyball, they're under the most stress they've ever been in their entire lives. Now, we as 40-something-year-old adults can look back on it and be like, you have no idea what you're in for. This is not a stressful time in your life. But to them, in that moment, it is the most stress they've ever been in in their lives. And then we add to it by the way we work with them in the gym. We, we, we punish them. We, we, don't, we make them feel like they can't do things right. We you know, we, we create this sense of perfectionism, which they know is few is a futile attempt to achieve something that the coach wants them to achieve, to be perfect. They all know it's impossible to achieve what the coach is asking of them. And yet they show up every day with the hope of finding some sort of acceptance from the coach by doing, by doing this thing. And to me, the most important thing we can do for those kids is to create a safe space where they can just walk in drop all that armor they have on that they built up for our society and say, come into this gym and be you and play this game and, and have fun while doing so. And if you want to get better at it, if you want to become the best volleyball player you can be, we're here for you. And if you don't care about that, and if all you care about is showing up here in this amazing place and having fun playing what I think is the best sport in the world, then do so show up, play and go home and be happy. And if you never get better, who yeah. cares? It's Such volleyball. a great point. It's just a game. I love that. And I really, really uh, believe in, in what you're talking about there. And I wish more people would think that way, especially, especially in the club scene. Like in the beach, you get that more, I, I think, like a lifelong learning approach toward, towards volleyball. But it, it definitely seems like in the club yeah. scene, it's, you know, if I'm not going to go to college for volleyball, I'm not going to continue on. And I just hate that because – Playing good sixes indoor yeah. is just so fun. It's so explosive and dynamic. And like you said, those interactions. And so I really wish people would take to heart what you're saying about just playing for the love of the game. Now, it's an expensive hobby in the club scene. And that's one thing that I'm not in favor of, obviously. I, I try to, you know, work towards uh, mitigating that, um, at least in, in the club that I, you know, run. But I guess what I mean is I it's it's worth it <laughs> because it's it's not that it doesn't happen all that often in the yeah. rest of your life you know so I I just wish people would just explore the game for the joy of it and be good because you want to be good right not because you want to be better than so and so is there anything that you'd like to uh, touch on before before I, uh, we get out of here I mean there's all all kinds of stuff uh, I mean I I could go on I have yeah. on other things I have with other people. And I mean, I have a lot of ideas and I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if, I don't think there is a right and wrong to this. I think it's, you know, I don't know. 
I know what I believe is right for me as someone who's running a volleyball club. And one of the things I just decided on about seven years ago was I needed to make sure that what I am doing as a business owner and as a coach reflected me. And that was the big step for me was instead of trying to copy other people who had shown success and trying to do what they do, I had to have a really heart to heart with myself about what is important in my life. What is important to me about the world around me and my interactions. There we go. We come back to that word again, my interaction with the world around me and the people who come to my gym, what do I want them to be able to go home and say about their time in my gym? How does it feel to be coached by me and, and my coaches and in my program? And that was, that's what's influenced what I do. And what I found was that we were actually, we actually started producing better volleyball players, better teams, people with more passion for the game, players who were, salivating to walk in the door to play volleyball instead of dreading practice. And so I, I don't know, like what would I say to anybody who's listening? Um, be you, you know, like make sure that whatever you're doing in the gym with your athletes, as far as coaching is concerned, figure out authentically who you are first know what your priorities are in life, know what your values are in life and make sure that what you're doing with your athletes represent that. And if that's what you're doing, I think you're going to be successful no matter how you do it. You know, I'm a big believer in playing the game and not doing drills, but if you really figured out a way that really represented who you were as an, as a coach, and that seemed to be a lot of drills that were not game-like I bet you're going to have success because kids are going to latch on to that authentic side of you and they're going to buy into it and they're going to be inspired by it. Um, I think that's like the most important thing about all of this is that we cultivate that connection we have with the athlete in front of us and that it's inspired by us as coaches first being authentic and who we represent ourselves as that was the biggest mistake I made as a coach was I had two different personas. I had me, Lauren, who the person, and then I had me, Lauren, as the coach. And I felt I had to be a different person than I was as a human being when I coached because I didn't think that that human being was a valid facade as a coach. And when I finally figured that out, that's when that's so I actually wise. started having so more success wise. as a coach. Uh, and uh, man, I could not agree more. You know, you have to be yourself. And then I would just add, and I think you've been saying this throughout the pod, but I'll just reiterate it. Like lead with your love, right? Lead with your love of the game and everything sort of yes. falls into place, right? And uh, you can almost remove yourself from the equation a yeah. little bit. Just show them how much you love the game. And, and a lot of it will just happen on its own, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, again, I mean, you, you have a choice in any circumstance. And I know it's binary problems like this are not realistic, but I, I think sometimes we need them in order to like kind of frame the world around us. And, you know, and when you can look at it from the standpoint of any response that you have to the world around you is either going to be one of fear or of love. 
and you know, and some people might say hate or love, but I don't think that hate is the opposite of love. I think fear is, and um, I think hate is a byproduct of fear. And so I think that anytime we can choose love over hate, anytime we can choose to interact with our players in a way that represents love versus fear, I think we're going to have a much more authentic interaction with them. And I think we're going to have a more powerful influence on their lives. And, and I think ultimately probably the most important thing for me, and I know this sounds selfish a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's also about what do I get out of all this? And if I have to spend every day of my coaching career worried, (laughs) man, I'm, I did that. And it got me to a point where I, I was not healthy mentally. (laughs) And so if I can leave practice, every practice I've ever had for the past couple of years, if I can leave those practices just happy because man, that was so much fun. So much fun watching those kids have fun. So much fun interacting with those kids. So much fun just being me and letting them see me be me, which then influences them to be them. Like, so that way, whenever I'm finally done with this coaching thing, I'm, I'm a complete human being and not somebody who has to repair themselves because I spent 25 years or 30 years of my life, like just right. being a, a jerk yeah. to a bunch of teenage yeah, kids. Making the choice, <laughs> like making the choice to, you know, to, and, to and, choose love and not fear and then to go about life in a way that you really believe is going to be best for you. Right. And, and that's so powerful. Yeah. And not letting the, the outcome, not letting the interactions with those kids influence my perception of self or my mood or my, uh, my happiness in life. You know, I, I said this to a few people before, and I think it's when it was first said to me, it was a pretty powerful statement to me. If, if I'm allowing my interaction with teenage girls to right. influence my <laughs> happiness in life. I'm pretty yeah. screwed. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, cause, cause I've known a lot. I mean, I, I've been working with teenage girls for 30 <laughs> years and they're not people I want to be a little moody. to influence yeah. the happiness of my life. But for a lot of time, right. for a lot of time I did, you know, I mean, you could be the best team in the, in the country, but there's going to be a day where you show up and every girl on that team is just in the wrong mood, the wrong state of mind, and they're going to have an awful match. And if you let that then affect your own humanity and who you are as a person and how you interact with them, more importantly, then you're again, now you're out of control. You're not in control of your own life anymore. And I think that's the, one of the most important messages that we as adults can send to the kids that we coach is the Victor Frankl quote. And maybe this is a great one to close with. I don't know, but you know, Victor Frankl has a quote that says, or in between the action and the response is a space. And within that space, we define ourselves as humans. And that's my paraphrasing of it, poor paraphrasing of it. But, you know, basically saying like, you know, kids, everybody will say, you made me mad. That made me angry. That made me happy. No, you're choosing. Every one of those emotional responses to that action, that to that circumstance was your choice. 
that movie you watched that made you sad, you could have chose to, that that movie made you happy. It's in between those two things was a choice. And, but we've become a society in which we don't recognize that choice. We don't recognize our, our own ability to uh, choose our response to the circumstances around us. And I think that's where we as coaches have a massive impact on the players in our gyms because we respond to things that are outside of our control as if they were inside of our control, you know, like a team of teenage girls. Um, and we respond negatively when they do bad and we respond positively when they do well. And suddenly, you know, we're teaching these kids that the response to the world around you fluctuates with how the world around you acts. And I think it's very, a very powerful thing for us to be able to show them this consistent, like, this is who I am. My values supersede circumstance. And if we can bring that to them in the volleyball world, it also influences their ability to play volleyball. And just well, influencing think, their worldview to be good, independent, ben, you know, beneficial to society humans. Yeah, 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 exactly. They, they, they have the ability to leave our gym and go on to become young adults or parents or eventually older people who have um, a better grasp on how to be great people. Instead of people who are always just, you know, I, there's a term, it's one of my favorite terms, but it's, there's a woman whose name is Marion Davies. Um, she's uh, works uh, within the, for UK United Kingdom coaching. And she's uh, her specialist is this area of ecological dynamics in the sports world. She mostly works with, um, um, what are like the extreme sports, like the kayaking and climbing, rock climbing and things like that. Um, but she has this term that she calls poo sticking and it's okay. uh, P O O H as in Winnie the Pooh. Um, because uh, in the Winnie the Pooh stories, um, they, they would all, all the characters, Christopher Robin and all the others, they would get together and they would go to a bridge and they would all have a stick and they would throw their stick over the edge of the bridge onto one side of the river. And then they'd run over to the other side and see whose, whose stick came into, a, into view first. And then they would celebrate that person as a winner. <laughs> Nothing in there is under the control of anybody. <laughs> right? Like whose stick came across the other side was under zero control of any of the people on the bridge. And so she calls that poo sticking when you are letting yourself be influenced and controlled by outside forces and not recognizing where you can actually focus and control the things in front of you. And so like, you know, within volleyball, I see that as the kid who's always following the ball. You know what I mean? Like the libero who takes a step in the direction of the ball every time it changes direction. So the pass happens and they take a step towards the setter and then the set happens and they take a step towards the hitter and they're poo sticking. They're, they're, they're just moving without purpose. And I, I find that that concept applies very much to 
people outside of the volleyball world too. And it's to me, one of those things that we can learn about the world outside of us from youth sports. And in our case, volleyball, that we can learn to take control of what we can control and um, evaluate things in a way that allows us to respond better when we need to respond rather than constantly letting, you know, being buffeted by the winds of, the world around us and moving and doing all these things that we don't really need to do. And so when we know where our value is, we can put it there. Right. And we can, we can actually make meaningful contributions. But a lot of times that means taking ourselves out of the the situations that don't make a difference. Right. And, and having that uh, forethought and that sensibility to realize the difference between the two. Yeah. Or where, where more difference is made, I guess, you know, like that old 80, 20 rule where 80, what is it? 80% of the influence you'll have comes from 20% of the things you do. Um, You know, and I think that's it. Like, I think we, we always have influence on our athletes, no matter what we're doing, where are we going to have the most influence? You know, is it going to be in the times you've repetitively told your libero to, do this specific volleyball thing or is it in the interactions you have with them about their family and their, her sister and what's going on with grandma, you know, which, which one of those is going to have more long lasting impression uh, and influence on that girl as a volleyball player and as a human being. And I think you know, intuitively, we all know the answer. It's just, do we act on that? Do we actually follow through with that and be that in every day in the gym with your athletes? Um, you know, that's a big call I have to all of my coaches in my gym is you, you got to connect with every single one of your athletes every day. When they walk in that gym, you got to know stuff about them. <laughs> you got to, uh, I think it's the term was step into their lives outside of the gym. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going over to their house for dinner, but it means you know stuff about what's going on inside their lives outside of the gym. You're not just treating them as a cog in the machine. You're, you're, you know, girls walking in, you're like, hey, how was your math test yesterday? And they're like, oh, you remembered? I told you about that like three weeks ago. Yeah, I remembered because you matter. You don't necessarily have to say that to them, but simply by asking, you're showing them that that. You, that kid matters. What's going on inside their lives matters. Um, and for so, for so many athletes, I think they feel that's like a, the only thing that matters is their performance on the volleyball court. And, and if we can get them to understand that that's, I don't know, that's for me, that's minor compared to who you are. You know, you come into my gym, <laughs> you tell me a good joke. <laughs> You could screw up the rest of the day and I'm still going to love you, you know, like, like, like that's, that's cool, you know, or the kid, like I said earlier, the kid who's willing to go for things, even though they're screwing them up. Those are the kids that I think they, they mean more to me. They, I respect those kids more than the kids who are worried about always, you know, avoiding mistakes or the kids who, the kids who come in are just super kind to the kids around them. You know, I mean, that's one of, that's our big word this year is kindness. Uh, kindness and gratitude are our two big words for the club this year. Um, 
and just, you know, helping kids understand what does it mean to be kind? And we've, we decided on a definition, which was, you know, uh, focusing on someone else's strength rather than reminding of their weakness. Um, and so that's, we have it on our wall and that's something we talk about every day. And, you know, can, that's the kid that matters to me as the kid that really impresses me as the kid who she just hit, you know, your teammate just hit the ball into the net for the 10th time. And you're not there upset with her. You're not there telling her what she needs to correct. You're just, you're going up to her and reminding her of some of her strengths. You're affirming her and you're saying, Hey, you got the next one. You're, you're, you're good at right. this. Like you're the outside hitter for a reason. You know, those are the, those are the kids that can do that with their teammates that really impress me and the coaches that impress me the ones who can do that as well, the ones who can uh, finding some strength in a player around them and being like, Hey, you know, go for it. You know, the, the coach who on 25, the other team serving 25 to 24 and your worst server is serving. And the coach who says, just go for it. I want to see your best serve ever. Yeah rather than the coach who says, just serve it in, you know, which one is teaching the right lesson to the kid in front of them? Um, you know, I, I mean, I got into an argument, this is totally an aside, but I got an argument during open gym for adults a week ago because this guy kept berating everyone around him for the fact that they couldn't pass very well, <laughs> even though him as a setter right. was putting up terrible sets. And I was like, hey, until you can start putting up something that people hit, stop talking to us about what we're doing wrong right. and start good. telling us what you're going to do right. And he right. and he was like, whoa, you've never even like, like barely even talked <laughs> to me. And I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. boiled over and I'm ticked off. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm letting it out on you, but it, you're, you're, you're right. not, I'm not having fun today because of you. And, and I'm, and I want to give you some advice on how to change the way you're interacting with everybody here so we can all continue to have fun. And, you know, I bring that, that's the same way I feel about being in the gym with players. You know, I think coaches who let players bitch at each other are making a massive mistake. Um, I think, that's one of our number one responsibilities is to make sure that players mm -hmm. interaction with each other is kind. And, um, you know, you know, people say, well, these kids have to be accountable to each other. They have to learn how to interact. Yeah. But for me, they're 15 year old girls. They don't know how to interact with each other. Nobody's taught them that they don't teach them that in school. Their parents don't teach them that nobody teaches them that. I'm not going to let them go. I'm not going to let right. them have free reign on how to correct each other and how to interact with each other. They're going to end up with a bunch of really upset girls. So I'm just going to tell them a really easy formula. If you talk to each other, you have to be kind. Right. Yeah. If you can't be I kind, you don't get to talk to each other. <laughs> and then if you, and if you want, if you think somebody's doing something bad and you want to bring it to, to light, you come and talk to me and I'll figure out a way to, say it to that player that's kind 
and we can figure it out together, whatever. I can help be like an in-between, but I'm not going to let you just go and yell at a teammate and say, you got to do this better. Like that just tears people down and it creates a bad situation. So I think, you know, really it kind of comes down to that. Like, you know, maybe if we could just create an environment in which we were all more worried about joy, kindness, and gratitude than we were about anything else, I think we would have a pretty awesome volleyball environment, youth sports environment, pretty awesome, like, Absolutely. I totally agree. Country environment, whatever you you want to call it. Yeah, I just totally agree. Wow, Coach, fascinating stuff. I mean, our goal here is to just sort through all the information that's out there, and you definitely bring a unique voice to it, but it's a voice that I know needs to be heard and really thoughtfully considered because you are speaking a lot of truth and uh, dropping a lot of wisdom and I think there's ways, and I, and I know you agree with this, there's ways to be both competitive and to have joy and treat each other with kindness. And, um, and that's what you're doing at Rise yes. Volleyball Academy. And, I mean, if anyone wants to check them out, please do. Coach uh, Lauren, it's been such a great talk with you, and I, I so appreciate having you on. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about these things. I am obviously passionate about it, and I enjoy I enjoy talking about it. Um, I enjoy learning other people's perspective on it and hearing what other people have to say, too. So, I mean, I've like I said, I didn't start here where I'm at now. And the reason why I'm at where I'm at is because other people did what I'm doing before me. They got on podcasts or wrote books or wrote articles about their experience. And I started to jive with them eventually and felt like it helped guide me to where I'm at. So I'm certainly, again, once not saying what I'm, what I believe is right for everybody, but man, if you, if you even have a little bit of like tendency towards thinking like, Hey, that's something I think I want to explore, then I'm, I'm here for you. I I want to help. I want to help people understand what got me to where I'm at and why I believe so passionately about what I believe. I I would encourage people to talk to you about it um, and listen to some of the other podcasts you've done. I think we got some great stuff here. I mean, we went into so many different things, um, but I mean, I would love to have you back because there's so many other things that we could do here. So, you know, please, you know, if you'd like to come back, I'd, I'd love to have you sometime. Yeah. And um, I totally wish you the best of luck. I know you're grinding sure. right now with the, with the club. So, you know, best of luck with all that and this sort of crazy time right now. You know, I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for coming on and follow you on. 